We're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 will be there in a few moments. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans chapter 8. I do want to make a few brief announcements. Again, it's a, a joy to see each one here this morning. We thank the Lord that you're here to worship Him. We do have a number of people away uh, for this uh, holiday week. And, uh, of course, our youth and some of our young adults, our teens, and some young adults are on their way back from an uh, Indian reservation in Utah where they've been serving the Lord. Uh, working next Sunday, I believe he's planned it for next Sunday, uh, we'll, we'll, pretty definite, uh, we'll get a review of what was accomplished and what was done and uh, the spiritual benefits and blessings of serving the Lord in Utah. So we do want to pray for them, they're on their way back and should be in, uh, I've been told, early afternoon. I'm going to glance at the bulletins with you again. It's a real joy to see each one here today. We thank the Lord that you're here. We do have several guests who are here with us. There's a little tear-off in your bulletin. If you want to uh, fill this out, we'd love to thank you for being here. Uh, Just hand it to somebody at the door, one of the ushers on your way out, uh, or myself. Um, And if you have a prayer request, uh, there's a place also for that on this tear-off sheet. Uh, from your bulletins. After the morning service, we say this every week, if you want one-on-one prayer, step over to the room on my left. That is our prayer room, and um, we would love to have prayer with you. I can be there. Or someone else will be there, and uh, can find me if you want to pray with me or someone else from the fellowship. Uh, we would love to meet with you for just brief prayer right after the service this morning. The door on my left here. Just step right to the door, and uh, there will be someone at the door. You just say, I'm here for prayer. Prayer meeting tonight is at 530, and uh, you might want to keep this in mind. We do need have a lot of prayer requests. Uh, tonight we're going to be sharing uh, Patty Smith's recent um, email Uh, The Lord is really working in Patty's life. She's one in our fellowship who has cancer. And uh, boy, was this last letter uh, encouraging. And so we'll share that. We'll read it tonight in prayer meeting. And uh, we do need to continue to keep her in our prayers. Uh, We do have a church library. The extension's in the hallway down here. If you'd like some good books to read or DVDs to preview or uh, uh, see, rather, um, they are there on the table. 5.30 tonight, our prayer meeting time. 6.30, middle school youth, for those who are planning to come. We need to know if you're coming, either um, uh, Todd and Carla or myself. Let us know if you're planning to come tonight. Next Sunday, we are going to have two young adults who are serving the Lord with crew. Uh, This would be um, Doak and Dora's uh, granddaughter and her husband. Uh, who has a very unique testimony. Uh, they're serving with, uh, used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ, and they'll be sharing with us uh, next Sunday morning briefly in the morning service, and we know you're going to appreciate this very, very much. Uh, there's other planning head notes in the bullet. Next Sunday, VBS volunteer uh, coordination meeting right after the morning service. This is important because we're getting close to VBS. So if you're helping with VBS this year, would you plan to stay after the service for a while? Next Sunday, we really need you. And uh, we can use a few more workers. Uh, Let me know and 
or Austin and Lindsay, um, let us know. Wow, let there be light. And there was light. And it was good. <laughs> There's a couple other notes in your bulletin. We can use donations for the food pantry from time to time. Uh, we're requested. Think of uh, people who um, uh, might need some food and, and bring them in. There's a food pantry down the hall. And uh, just market food pantry, put them in the kitchen. We'll make sure they're taken care of. You'll notice the inserts in your bulletin this morning is the last thing I want to mention. One is for Vacation Bible School. This is a great week. It's going to start on a Sunday night. It's going to start on the 15th, go through Thursday night, 6 to 8.30. I'm telling you, every year, tremendous blessing. Where the children know the Lord and they grow in the Lord. Challenge more in the Lord, or some kids come and they don't know Jesus yet as their Savior, and they come to know Christ as Savior. So here's your invite uh, to invite some other kids uh, to come to Vacation Bible School. It would be good if you could start inviting now for others to come. Also, um, we put together what's called uh, Scripture Writing. Uh, Luann primarily does this. Uh, July Scripture Writing is on the subject of who I am in Christ. It's a great study. These verses are awesome. We already went down through them. Uh, these um, scripture writing papers are on the piano on your way out if you want to pick one of them up as well. And, of course, we have an insert that is related to the message of the morning on spiritual freedom. And uh, it is such an awesome, awesome subject. I thought we'd put a longer um, definition of that at the top of this insert in your bulletin on spiritual freedom, which was sung about this morning. The tremendous freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. We'll be talking about this as well together. So again, we thank the Lord for each one here. And we're going to go into the Word of God. And first I'm going to read a few verses from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, truly man, without a sin nature. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. And that the righteous requirement of the law, that living for the Lord, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. This is a beautiful portion of God's Word. Oftentimes we like to think of um, passages of Scripture and say when we look at a certain passage, it reminds us of a certain subject, like the uh, subject of love, 1 Corinthians 13, the subject of the Lord being our shepherd, Psalm 23, how he watches over us. Uh, heaven, what is heaven like? Revelation 21 and 22. So there's certain sections of scripture which uh, mentally probably you already uh, have in your thoughts. And uh, you can turn in your Bible to passages of scripture on these topics. Freedom is a subject that's uh, in a lot of people's minds this week. Because on the 4th of July, we celebrate the tremendous freedom that we have as a nation uh, that was um, summarized 
in the final draft of the Declaration of Independence. And I read that again this week, and uh, I, I mean this sincerely. I'm not trying to be negative, but I think there are not too many Americans who understand the tremendous freedom that we have here in our country. Uh, we have a tremendous freedom, uh, civil freedom, uh, ability to uh, move about in this country. Uh, we're going to talk about this in relationship to the um, amendments of the Constitution. But on July 4, 1776, the final draft of the Declaration of Independence was signed by men who believed that God had founded this country, led those who came here to come here in order to be able to worship God in freedom. Uh, it does have accounts of the grievances against the King of England. You know, um, no taxation without representation. And uh, if you're going to tax us, we got to have a representative. we got to be able to speak about what's going to be done with the tax money. Uh, that's just a little part of what was involved. Principles are in there. Uh, related to the governing and the character of our nation. Um, see if you remember this from, for some of you, a number of years ago. For some of you, not that many years ago, from the Declaration. See if you remember these terms. And by the way, I think it's a crying shame that the Constitution isn't studied in schools today or the Declaration. I'm I'm serious. Uh, why so many people are down on the country. It's a bad country. It's not a bad country. They've done a lot of bad things over the years, but a lot's been corrected too. And uh, there's a bit of opinion coming in the message. Here's the Declaration of Independence. Here's the part you may remember. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Doesn't the Bible tell us that? That they're endowed by their Creator, not by the guy who invented evolution. By our creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, or freedom and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of those who are governed, and that's us. <laughs> we have the right uh, to encourage our leaders in Washington to do those things which are pleasing to God. The Bill of Rights talk about the freedoms that we have here in America, and the first one talks about freedom of conscience and expression, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of assembly, Freedom of petition? Wow, that's a lot of things. See, if you go into North Korea, there's not even freedom of speech. I mean, I'm trying to be funny here, but if you don't like his haircut, you better not say anything about it. We do have freedom of speech. We have tremendous freedoms here in our country. Freedom is a very attractive word. It implies release from restrictions and an opportunity to act without restraint. But to many, the freedom that they seek is actually a freedom without boundaries that God wants us to have and uh, can be a very difficult thing for some people to work their way into. 
Only in God's word do we have the meaning of true freedom. Jesus said in Acts, pardon me, Romans, John 8:36, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now I'm going to repeat that one. This is good. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And you and I this morning, we who know Christ as our Savior, we have a tremendous freedom. There are no obligations on us as people in relationship to the freedom we have in Christ. What kind of freedom? He freed us from the penalty and the power of sin. We are not under obligation even to sin as believers. We'll talk about this in just a moment. How God gives us the ability to say no to temptation. We can do it. We can say no to temptation to sin because of the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. John 8, 36. If the Son makes you free, you should be free indeed. Uh, what is spiritual freedom? It's freedom from slavery to sin. Probably every one of us in this room knows some people who, you know, they haven't been to the cross yet. We sang about going to the cross. And, and there's things in their lives, and, and they're, they're bound. Uh, I, someone asked for prayer this past week that we know, and uh, they have a relative who's in bondage to drugs and, and can't break. Well, you know, they could through Jesus Christ and some help. But it's, it must be a terrible thing to be in such bondage to something that's so destructive to the body. Jesus Christ sets people free, and the Bible doesn't say, oh, it's real easy. All you do is pray, and things go real easy. No, it's not that way. But when we trust Jesus as our Savior, you see, the power of Christ comes into the life of the person who wants freedom from sin. And uh, we're going to keep talking about that. It's the power of Christ uh, that brings uh, freedom from the domination of sin. And I love Romans 6.14 where it says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. I'm going to repeat it. Sin shall not have dominion over you. So uh, if you know another Christian, another believer... Because Romans 6 is written to believers. If you know a Christian who's struggling with sin, it would be proper to say, you know, God will help you to get rid of that sin in your life. He will help you. But you have to want to. Now, there has to be the want to on the part of the believer, and then the power of Christ comes in to bring forgiveness of sin. In fact, Jesus said, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, but he came to set people free. Uh, reminding me that there's two kinds of forgiveness. There's what's called judicial forgiveness, or the forgiveness of God of our sins. Uh, Acts 10:13. Whoever believes in me, in Him, rather in Jesus Christ, will receive forgiveness of sins. We talked about that at the Lord's table this morning. Then there's what we might call parental forgiveness. When we're in the family of God, we we still may sin, but First John. One nine. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For just a few moments, just a few moments, glancing at Romans chapter eight, we have what has been called the believer's declaration of freedom. We have some tremendous freedoms. In fact, uh, there are four that are mentioned in the chapter, and those freedoms which we have this morning, and which you have this morning, uh, are awesome freedoms that we. It's good to have in mind when we think of the political freedom that we enjoy or civil freedom in our country today think of the fact that you have spiritual freedom 
And this comes, by the way, through the work of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit who lives within you and me. We have to continually remember that. One of the, where, where does the power come from? You say, you know, I want, want to do something to please God. That, the power to do God's will comes from the Holy Spirit who lives within us. That's very important. Don't forget that when you drive home, that you have the, the Holy Spirit in you to help you to do the things that you're going to have to do today. And this week, some of you have tremendous responsibilities. And we're to do all things in the power of the Lord. Doesn't it say in Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Christ and the Holy Spirit living within you enable you to do the things that God wants you to do. There's a tremendous freedom that you and I have. It's listed in Romans chapter 8. I'm going to mention them. They're in your study sheet there. First of all, in verses 1 through 4, there's freedom from judgment. What a verse. What a verse to see. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Why is there no condemnation? Because Jesus paid for your sin on the cross. There's freedom from defeat. There's no obligation. Verses 5 through 17. And there is uh, freedom from discouragement. There's something in that section that tells you why you don't want to get discouraged. Now, we know that discouragement can come real easily. But there's something in that verse that tells you, look up because things are going to change for you and for me. Uh, we who know Christ. And then there's freedom from fear, verses 31 through 39. Uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Very quickly, let's look at them. They're, they're beautiful. Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You notice the text doesn't say that there are no mistakes in the life of a believer. It doesn't say that failures don't come, um, personal failures. And it doesn't say that there will be no sins. Uh, in the Bible, you have the account of a number of people who, who failed God, and yet they were restored. As those who were believing, like Abraham in the Old Testament who lied about his wife, King David who committed adultery, Peter who grabbed a sword and, wanted to cut, and did cut a man's ear off. But you see, these did not experience condemnation. Likewise, we who know Christ as Savior have been set free. Look at verse 2. For, we, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Why are we made free? Because Jesus Christ already experienced the condemnation. The wrath of God was poured out on Christ for your sin and my sin. That is beautiful truth in the New Testament. That's why we continually to grab hold of a verse like Romans 8.1, which says there is no condemnation. And as a result, we can now live for Christ. We can live righteously. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We can do those things which please God, we can live righteously because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And uh, please don't forget, if, if the rest of these freedoms uh, you, you can't remember, and uh, in fact, I'd like you just to remember, Romans 8 talks about the freedoms in Christ. I mean, it's great. We're free in Christ. And we're free in Christ because, remember, don't, don't miss this part of it. This is the most important one. Christ 
bore the curse of the law. You see, we broke the laws of God. We disobeyed God. Uh, we think we have done things displeasing to Him. But Jesus bore the curse of the broken law for us. Um, the verse that reminds us of this is in Galatians 3.13 where it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That is, we couldn't keep the law. Every once in a while you hear somebody say, well, I keep the Ten Commandments. Whoa. Can we keep the Ten Commandments on our own? No. We can't do it. Christ kept the Ten Commandments for us. When we put our faith in Him, we receive the righteousness of Christ. And we have now the ability to live righteously, righteously before God through the power of the Holy Spirit. But Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Secondly, quickly, we have freedom from defeat. And I like this verse, pulling it out of the section as 8.12. You'll notice that it says 8.12, Therefore, brothers in Christ, or sisters in Christ, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Here's another example of how the Word of God tells us that we are not obligated to the flesh to do things without God's Holy Spirit working in our lives. No obligation. In other words, you and I can say no to temptation. Do we always do it? No. Should we always do it? Well, yeah, we should. But we don't always do it. But there's forgiveness with the Lord, 1 John 1, 9. Here's the interesting thing here. This is a neat thing. And uh, this, these concepts, taking these sections together, uh, come from Warren Wearsby. We are not debtors to the flesh. We are not obligated to do things which the flesh wants to do, but the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to do. We are not obligated to do things which God doesn't want us to do. In fact, it's the Holy Spirit who enables us to overcome the flesh and to live for God. Now, at this point, you ought to say, you know, well, what, where do we get this victory from? You're saying, I don't have to say yes to temptation to sin. You're saying, because I have the Holy Spirit, I can say no. Tell you the little key that helps that happen. I, I think as God continues to work in our lives and we grow spiritually, we get to the place where we say, you know, <laughs> and I've heard Christians say that, I don't want to be doing that sin anymore. I don't, I don't want to be... I want to grow spiritually. I want to see God do things in my life. I want to be able to think through the great truths of Scripture and allow the Lord to help me to mature spiritually. I want to do those things. Well, how do you do it? Well, you know, Jesus told the disciples how to have victory over temptation. You know it, but I'm going to remind you of it. Here's the night before Jesus was crucified. He's with the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. He wants the disciples to pray with him. But they fall asleep, right? So Satan comes along and tempts them, you see. And he did. He tempted them big time. He tempted Peter to the point where Peter denied the Lord. And you know when I read that passage, I always say, Oh, Lord, help me never deny you. Help me not to deny you. Uh, I've talked to young people who said they've been in the context of a bunch of other young people. I remember one out of this state, not here. And he said, boy, a bunch of kids were standing around and saying stuff. And he said, I said nothing. And he said, I'm ashamed of what I did. I said, well, you know, my friend, God's working in your life. God's working in your life. And the next time something like that happens, 
you may be able to speak a word for the Lord. But how do we say no to the temptation? Like this young man, uh, when he should have said something, he didn't say something. Jesus taught the disciples, and he said this. This is a great verse. Matthew 26, what's it, 47 or 41? 41. Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we would all say, hey, I am not a perfect person. I do have a weak flesh, and sometimes I'm tempted to think or say or do something that I shouldn't do. But what did Jesus say? Watch, be alert spiritually, and pray that you enter not in temptation. So when the temptation comes our way, here's somebody says, look, I want you to do this with me, but you don't want to do it with them. What do you do? You send that prayer up as fast as you can. You say, Lord, I need you right now. Uh, Probably we could have testimony time. Some of you could say, yeah, there were times when I really had to pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, I need you right now. Temptations. Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. There's freedom from defeat because the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8, we do not have to yield to the flesh. There's freedom from discouragement. And uh, very quickly, this is a neat one, uh, creation is groaning. Did you see that in 8.22? 8.22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors in birth pains until now. There's pain and suffering and death in our world as a result of Adam's sin. Why do people die? Book of Romans again. Wherefore, as by one man sit down under a world, death by sin, death passes upon all men, all have sinned. But again, Jesus Christ came to deal with the problem of sin. There is still in our world pain and suffering and death. There's uh, volcanoes, there's earthquakes, there's fires. Creation has been affected by man's fall into sin. But These are birth pains, and the time's going to come when the child will be born, when God will make all things new, as it says in the book of Revelation. That day is coming. And so in the light of that coming day, we look at what is happening now, and we say, okay, the apostle said that we can be free from discouragement. How do I get free from discouragement? I know you know this one too. You knew the other one. Watch and pray that you don't enter in temptation. You know this one too. Let's do it together. Here we go. I'll start it and you join me. This is why we can be free from discouragement. Remember this verse. It's one that should be marked in your Bibles. Here we go. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Still one more time. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, some things do look bad. They, they really look bad. Some things that come into your life and experience, they look bad. But that verse says either we're going to believe the Bible and be encouraged or we're not going to believe what God says and be discouraged. It says that all things work together for good. And, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you. There are some things that we say... And I've had Christians tell me, I've had them tell me in light of this verse, I can't see any possible good to the Lord allowing this circumstance or this circumstance. That's our earthly perspective, right? But God says because he's sovereign Lord over our lives, 
And there's things we would like to change. There's things, all of us, if we, we can make a little list this morning, here's some things, Lord, I would like to change. Today. There's some people I'd like to see saved, and they're not saved. There's some Christians I'd like to see following you, and they're not following you. But, Lord, I do believe you are sovereign over all, and I believe that verse even though I can't apply it to every bad thing that I see. All things work together for good. I remember a prophet at the seminary talked about that. He talked about that verse. He said, look, you have to believe what it says. We don't always understand. If we, we don't have all the answers. But we know the one who does, don't we? It's our Lord. And the uh, last one, of course, is freedom from fear. And you want to get encouraged. If you want to be encouraged today, before you fall asleep tonight, Read back over Romans chapter 8. Oh, the end of the chapter, it just gets more heavy duty. No separation because we experience the love of God. Picking it up at 31 where he says, What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who spared not his own son, Jesus, delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely... In freedom, give us all things that we need. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall lack of food, shall lack of clothing, shall perils, an enemy come along, a sword, I'm threatened. Are any of these things going to separate us from the love of God? Boy, that's beautiful. Lord, I thank you that I know today that wherever I go, I'm not looking ahead saying, oh boy, in the future, maybe, maybe in the future I might fail my Lord. No. (laughs) The text is saying here, he's saying very clearly, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so if we have any idea in our minds that we're going to say, as a child of God, as one who's been separated unto him, as one who will never be separated from the love of God, should I be saying in my mind, I might fail in what I want to do? No. That's not how we should be thinking at all. We're more than conquerors through him who loves us. We're more than conquerors through him who put the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit just as much as I do. And you can yield to the Holy Spirit. So take your goals and your plans and your dreams and give them to the Lord. And don't allow Satan to make you pessimistic about the future and what's going to happen down the road. If God be for us, finish it out. Still one more time. If God be for us, let's pray together.